0: And so we got breaking news this morning. Word just came out early Saturday morning that no A.J. Brown for Monday night's playoff game against the Buccaneers. So I have to ask this one question once again, and I know it's repetitive. But Eagles, do you think it was still a good idea starting your players in a meaningless game against the Giants last week? It's a pregame podcast. For the playoff game against the Buccaneers, up next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time of the day it is, you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, and that is, once again, I have to bring it up, folks, and I know that those of you who have been religiously listening to this podcast, I can't thank you enough. I really super appreciate that, but I got my, my blood's boiling again this morning. I can't help it. I can't help it. And I've always said you're going to get the real on this podcast. So if I'm feeling it again, I have to talk about it again. So I'm going to, but I'm going to try to limit the amount of time I'm talking about it. But I I just, it's such a huge issue with me because I was out in front of all of this. One of the few people that were. And because I was, then you were at least had, even if you didn't agree with me, you at least had the idea pitched in your head because you listened to this podcast. Of someone shouting out to the to the world, rest your starters against the Giants. Which I started saying immediately in my post-game podcast, after right after the Cardinals game. That's when I made that decision. If I was the Eagles head coach, I called it then. And for those of you who want to listen to it again, or maybe just tuning in to this podcast for the first time. It's episode 181, the post-game podcast of the Cardinals game. You'll hear me at that night, at that time, saying, create your own bye, Eagles. This team is worn out, beaten up. The Giants game is completely meaningless, except for those who had this far, far to out of left field idea that somehow they thought Dallas would go into Washington and lose, even though Washington had more to play for in losing that game than winning. So that was never part of the equation for me, as I've said. But the Eagles went ahead and played all their starters and lost four starters in that game, including the quarterback who's got to now throw on Monday night with a, uh injured pinky that he hasn't been able to throw with all week long, except for I guess he played a little bit yesterday. So good luck with that. No A.J. Brown, no Reed Blankenship, no Sidney Brown, and a busted up Jalen Hurts. All for what? To play your starters on the worst turf in the league in a meaningless game. Just dumb. And I don't, and I, I'm again. I have to get this off my chest again, even though I've said it in the last few podcasts, and I tried to stay away from it last podcast. And I understand I'm being very repetitive here, but we're at the playoffs now. The game is a couple nights away, and we're down our number one wide receiver. We got a quarterback playing with a busted finger, and our secondary is without two starting safeties. Or, you know, you can argue about Sidney Brown being a starter, but you know what I mean. All for what? And here's the thing. I know I'm not the Eagles coach. And I don't even know if I can 100% even blame Sirianni because I'm sure it would take a serious set of balls to, to do that. Knowing that, you know, for this outside ridiculous uh, against all odds uh, chance that Dallas would go in and lose that game last week, even though there was no chance of it ever happening. But because technically there was a chance that you were technically had a chance for the second seed for you to bench all your starters in that game. I'm sure if that miracle did happen down in, D- in D.C. and somehow the Cowboys lost that game, uh, then you would be having a, a lot to answer for because you basically waved the white flag and gave up the number, one, number two seed. Me personally, I was so strong in my decision, as you guys know if you've been listening to the podcast, in doing that, is that being the smartest Thing to do I don't give a rat's ass about what happens down in Washington if some miracle was pulled off. You gotta play the odds. You gotta not only play the odds you gotta be smart you gotta do the risk-benefit analysis and it just it, to me it was so damn obvious not to play the starters and Again, in a hypothetical situation where I was head coach at Eagles, I would have made my stance known to the management, to Lurie and Howie, and gave them a full explanation as to why this was a smart thing to do for the organization, for the team, to give ourselves the best chance in the playoffs, which I know can be countered, counter-argued. Of course, I understand that. You have a much better chance of being at home with a number 2 seed than being on a road at a number 5 seed. I get that. I'm not, I'm obviously not ignorant to that. Of course. And I agree that that, I mean, how could I not agree? It's better to play at home and, and all that, of course. But again, the chances of Dallas, one of the best teams in the league, you're talking top three team, top 14, all right, whatever, whatever you want to put them, they a top team in the league. And they needed that game. It's not like they didn't, that wasn't meaningless to them. You're playing a Washington team who wants to hold on to the second seed in the draft. And they were tied with two other teams. So if they had won that game, they would have dropped. So there was no incentive. They got a coach who is on the way out the door. So the chances of that game, and I'm shocked that they even held in there for the first quarter. I understand, but guess what? I said that they would get their ass whoops by the Cowboys and they got their ass whooped by the Cowboys. I also said there was a meaningless game against the Giants and it was a meaningless game against the Giants. And I said, why risk injury to, uh, you know, to your starters. And we lost starters. You know, if it cost me my job as the Eagles head coach for doing that, because Washington pulled off a ridiculous miracle game and Eagles basically gave up the number two seed, I would deal with it. Maybe I'd maybe I be fired. But I would be so content in my decision, I would not even second-guess myself. I'm being honest with you. That's how strongly I felt that, that what a stupid decision was to play the starters. And I hate being right about it. All right, I had to get that off my chest, so thanks for, thanks for sticking with me. So, if you haven't heard, I'll break the news to you. No A.J. Brown, Monday night. Dealing with a knee injury, hasn't been able to practice all week. Uh, you knew from the extended injury, even though he looked good after the game, if you want to consider it looking good as he was standing there uh, shaking everyone's hand after the loss of the Giants in the locker room. Uh, not with any protective boot or anything on, uh, you just do by looking at the injury that that was at least a one to two week, if not more injury, you know, your knee's not supposed to bend that way. And having myself personally dealt with an MCL injury, I tore my MCL, uh, many years ago. I know you can't, it, mine was much worse than his. I actually had a, a partial tear of the MCL. We don't really, I don't know if we really know exactly what his specific injury is other than. It is a MCL injury. Now he might. It doesn't sound like it's a severe one, like mine was. Um, but either way, having gone through that injury myself in a more severe case of it, I didn't. I didn't have a complete tear of my MCL. I had a partial tear, and I was out six weeks. Now I'm not a professional athlete, but I was in my. I think I was in my late 20s when that happened to me. Um, and I, all I can tell you is this. I mean, this is why certainly my injury was much worse. I couldn't walk on my knee. Uh, It was given out, you know. Uh, But I had a much more severe MCL injury. But to me, because I can relate to that injury of that part of the knee, uh, I thought that there was no way he was going to be able to play one week after sustaining it. And that ends up being true. Now, if he's able, if the Eagles are somehow able to win this game and they – you know, move on and play next week, will he be able to go? I still have my doubts, but he probably has a better chance. If it's if it's just a mild sprain of the MCL, then he probably has a shot. You know, probably has a shot. But, um, you know, if it's anything more beyond that, that they are not telling us, and it's more of a either a partial tear or a severe sprain of the MCL, then he's not going to be able to play next week either. But either way, if the Eagles had – if I was the head coach of the Eagles in a hypothetical situation, I would have I wouldn't have played any of my starters last week. And guess what? I'd have everybody go to go this week. But the Eagles elected not to do that, and uh, they got to deal with the consequences of being stupid. I mean, what else do you expect, really, the way this season's gone? Anyway, and I hate to be down, man. I I want to be optimism. I mean, I want to be optimistic. You know, I want to share. Optimism that I know some of you have out there that the Eagles number one will win this game, which I don't share. I'll I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag in case. I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast the last several weeks, I said after the Arizona game also that the Eagles will be one and done in the playoffs. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diverge from that now. That the game is a couple nights away. Now the Eagles, I fully expect to lose this game against Tampa, and of course, I was even saying that before all these injuries. I said they would lose this game. So now that they have all these injuries, it's 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 even more clear to me that they're going to lose this game, and it's almost like rather than being, I, 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 and for the first time, honestly, I have the most, I am the I am the most disinterested. Not that I've ever been even disinterested. So it's it's hard to even say this is the most disinterested I've ever been for an Eagles playoff game because I've always been extremely excited for every single Eagles playoff game ever since I've been a fan over 40 years ago. I can't remember once where I wasn't so jacked up about the game. I couldn't wait to the game to kick off. I have none of those feelings for this game. None. I can't get, I can't even kick my own ass to get excited for this game. I've tried. I really have. I can't get into this game. I'll watch, but I'm just, it's almost like I'm just watching a funeral. I, I just know it's over. I've known it for several weeks now. And I hate to be such a, I, again, I hope I'm wrong. Again, I don't want to be right. I didn't want to be right about pulling the starters and not playing them at all not pulling the starters, but not playing them at all in in the Giants game and risking injury. I didn't want to be right about that and see all these guys go down. And I don't want to be right about being so unenthused and so negative about the Eagles' prospects of winning a playoff game in Tampa. As bad as Tampa is, they got an easy and lucky draw. This is not a good team that they're playing. So there is a chance the Eagles actually, as bad as they are, can still beat Tampa. I'm not going to say that, you know, they won't, but this team is just cooked. And now they're injured and cooked. So, and, you know, Tampa's got to be like, wow, look at the draw. We got the Eagles. This team, I mean, it's been one of the worst teams in the entire league. And now they're an injured worst team playing like the worst team in the entire league. So, I mean, one of two things can happen here. They're going to continue to suck and get blown out. Or because of these injuries, it is going to force the coaches to actually change stuff up that they should have done weeks ago, over a month ago. And I don't know, try some other things. Like to me, um, knowing that the weather, I guess, is not supposed to be that great. I guess rain is – heavy rain is expected. I haven't really looked at the forecast recently, but that's a couple of days ago or at least a day ago, I think. When I last checked, it was going to be raining. They're going to be without A.J. Brown. They got Hurts who probably can't throw the ball that well with a busted up pinky. I mean not pinky, but a middle finger, which is on his throwing hand, of course. Uh, he hasn't played well all the year anyway. I would just suit up every single running back that they have on this roster, including the Packers squad, call them up, and run the ball the entire game. That accomplishes two things. Number one, you don't have to worry about Hurts throwing a ball in a busted hand. Number two, less concern about not having A.J. Brown, you know, not having your number one wide receiver. Number three, You're running behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Number four, by running the ball, you're not, you know, time's coming off the clock. And the time of possession is hopefully going to be in your favor and less time that your defense has to try to stop somebody, which they haven't been able to do in over a month, well over a month now. And it keeps their offense off the field. So to me, the only chance the Eagles have is to run the ball the entire game. That's it. That's my coaching strategy for this game. Otherwise, the Eagles have shown they can't stop anybody on defense. And if they don't do that and they quickly go three and out, on a, you know, trying to pass the ball or whatever, uh, and Tampa just keeps getting the ball back and they're going to score because the defense can stop anybody, it's going to be over quick. So that would be my strategy. I'd run the ball the whole game. I don't care if they're even trailing. Keep running the ball. You know, maybe pass once every 10 plays. Something like that. Just to try to keep them honest, but run the ball the whole game. That's my strategy to win this game. Outside of that, like I said weeks ago, I expect the Eagles to be one and done. It's such a... um, It's so hard to really comprehend and understand fully how a team that was 10 and one has gotten to this point. It really is. I'm at a loss for words in a lot of ways, but I got a podcast, so I got to come on here and, and give you my thoughts. So the, the the words that I do have to say, I know are repetitive, and I, I can I can only apologize for that because I know some of you who've been with me here uh, have heard me talk about the stupidity of playing their starters last week, and you know being hard on Hertz this year as well at times when he's certainly deserved it. And that's the other thing, and I mentioned it last podcast, right? Um, You know, we're paying this guy $50 million a year, a year. As a top five quarterback as you're paying Hertz for, right? I don't care how many injuries you have. He needs to win this game. This is what you pay a top quarterback for. Even if he's not at full strength, even if the team's not at full strength. If he's in the game, you're paying $50 million to win a playoff game. Or more than one, obviously, but you know, at least the first round. Especially against a team like Tampa, it's not even that good. It's not like you're playing some, you know, you're not playing the 49ers this week. You're not playing Dallas. You're not playing Detroit. You're playing a 49, a Buccaneers team that was barely over 500 and beat a horrible Carolina team nine to nothing last week where they couldn't score a touchdown. And really could have lost the game because Carolina uh, had one touchdown called back because the guy fumbled it into the end zone. And I think they scored again and maybe it was a penalty. And I just know they had two touchdowns that were one of them was called back on a penalty, and I think the other one was just the guy fumbled in the end zone. So they could have easily lost to Carolina last week. And their quarterback is beat up, too. You know, Baker Mayfield's got rib injuries. I think he's got a shoulder. Or knee. I mean, he's banged up big time. He hasn't been practicing much this week, either. But they do have somebody on their team that the Eagles can't stop. And not just the Eagles. A lot of teams, even with a much better defense than the Eagles, can't stop. And that's Mike Evans. And even Goodwin's a good good uh, wide receiver, too. your running back is decent. And Baker's been able to play pretty good, some pretty impressive games this year. But he's, he's hurt. You know, he's banged up. But uh, if I were the Eagles, defensively, I would put Slay on Evans the entire game. I would have him follow Evans wherever he goes. So at least we have half a shot or a best shot of at least containing him. And let the other guys be dealt with there. Um. You know, by however else they want to patch up the secondary to try to figure out how to stop them. But at least take their number one weapon out. Like Bill Parcells, I think it was, or maybe it was Belichick. One of the, one of the two, like or both. They had the philosophy of don't let their best player beat you. And I think the Eagles got to go into this game with that mentality. I would do whatever is possible to take Mike Evans out of the game. Let someone else beat them. And offensively? I know I just said all that all those things about Hurts having to win this game, but I still would stay with the ground game. And then when he does have to make a throw, he's got to make the throws. If the Eagles are able to do those two things, they may win on Monday. And I'll be very happy, obviously, that they'll at least be moving on. And then we'll just take our shots against San Francisco, which nobody would expect us to win a game anyway. We'd be playing with all the house money. But I don't I don't think those things are gonna happen. I don't think either of those two things are gonna happen. I don't think the Eagles are smart enough defensively to take out Evans by keeping slay on him or even double cover him at times. And just letting somebody else beat you. I don't think the Eagles are smart enough to do that. And I don't think they're smart enough to run the ball the whole game. And that's why they're going to lose, unfortunately. And, of course, it doesn't help that they're down all these players because, as you know, they decided to play the starters last week in a game they had no business playing in. No need to play it. So, I really wish I had the call-in capability to be able to talk to you guys and hear your thoughts. Do some of you agree with me, or do some of you guys think I'm insane because I thought the Eagles should not play their starters last week? I'm sure they're out there. I mean, I've seen them on social media. I read some of them during the podcast a couple weeks ago. There's a lot of people that thought it was nuts. Before the game, I wonder if they where they've gone since the game because I've called them out. And again, I'm not trying to sit there and say, "Hey, I was right." I wanted to hear, "Hey, did you guys? Did you who was challenging me and calling me all these names?" And there was quite a few of them. What do you think now? I just you know just curious. You have the, I'll even give you the hindsight. You know, being 2020, the Monday Night Quarterbacking. Would you at least acknowledge? that you may have changed your mind about that. Nope. And, and the media itself, all these, the media at all, they're not talking about it at all. The Philly media. doesn't matter. NBC, Sports, Philly, um, Jacob Sports, all the guys on there. The other ones I follow, the columnists, um, the beat writers. I don't know if it's because they don't want to bring it up because they don't want to, again, put themselves out there because they were wrong about it or, you know, or if they're giving it second thoughts and don't want to talk about it. I mean, at this point it is what it is. I, I get that part of it. What's the point in, in, I guess, um, you know, reflecting on something you can't control and it's over with and done with. Like I get that, but look at the ramifications, look at the repercussions, those we are dealing with. And that's the reason why I can't let it go. As much as I don't want to talk about it anymore myself, but this playoff game is directly impacted because of the stupidity of the Eagles playing the starters last week. So, how can I not talk about it? Especially when I was one calling out weeks prior for them not to. It's not like I'm now having second thoughts about it and say, oh man, I wish the Eagles didn't play the starters. No, I was saying all along don't play the starters in the game, don't risk injury. Make sure you, you, know, you want to position yourself the best for the playoffs. Don't play your starters. You ensure yourself a healthy team going into the playoffs. I mean, but nobody's talking about it. They just act as if that choice was not never there to be made. Or it was just so obvious to him apparently, that they needed to play the starters because there was this outside shot, miracle chance in the world that the somehow Dallas would lose to Washington, who had no incentive to play that game. Or win that game. They had incentive to, to play it, but not win it. Just I just shake my head repeatedly. I've been doing it ever since. It was just dumb. So dumb. But we are here. And the Eagles can still win this game. I'm not saying it's hopeless. You know, again, they got lucky to draw Tampa. This is a team that is beatable. But outside of the fact, let's just take away all this scenario with the injuries, with being on the road. Do you as a fan and what you've witnessed over the last six weeks of the season, uh, even the most optimistic fan out there, What gives you any amount of optimism that you feel the Eagles are going to somehow play well on Monday night? They haven't played well in over six weeks. And in fact, I'm not even talking about playing well. Let's just say playing okay or average. They've been playing pitiful. They've been losing to the worst teams in the NFL. Not only losing, but being dominated by them. Dominated. They were down 24 to nothing last week against the Giants with their starters in. And the week before, they couldn't stop one of the worst offenses in the entire NFL at home, who never had the putt the entire game. I mean, look, I love being optim- optimistic, and I, I love, uh, I love being excited for a playoff game. But I, I'm telling you, I have had no juice for this game at all. And I hate having a podcast and not having a juice. I, I mean, I want to be excited, I want to be looking forward to the kickoff on Monday night, but I'm not. I don't know if things will change between now and then. If they do, you won't. There won't be a podcast in between for me to tell you that. <laughs> so, I'll let, have to let you know in the post game if I ended up getting any juice before that game. Maybe I'll wake up Monday morning and I'll have juice to watch the game. I mean, I'm going to watch the game, but I mean to be into it without just expecting to see a car crash. It sucks to be in this position you know you're supposed to be excited about being in the playoffs i'm hoping this team surprises me they haven't been able to do it all year i've pretty much called it straight all the way i mean i i was the only game you know i get predictions every week and yeah you're going to be wrong here or there but it was kind of understandable the only one that I, the, one, the one game that i was most confident about Certainly the second half of the season, but the, the, the most, the game that I was the most confident about was the Cardinals game and they lost that one. And they couldn't stop and they were dominate the whole game. So that's where I'm coming from. It's like, that just, that was my last shot of optimism for the season. And they were, it just was run over and backed up and ran over again, the whole game. <laughs> so I hope you can understand and relate to where I'm coming from. I, but you know, I don't know where my listeners stand. Um, you know and I'd love to be able to field some calls and and have a conversation about how you're feeling out there um you know about this game you know I gave you my keys to victory how I, I believe the Eagles will be able to win this game and I think they need to run the ball the whole game and take Mike Evans out of the game they do those two things, I think they have a really good shot at doing at winning this game. Uh, but I'm not sure they're going to do either one of them. I don't know if they're smart enough to do it. They haven't been able to show that they're smart really much of the season, just in terms of play calling-wise, game planning-wise, and execution-wise especially. Because maybe the coaches are calling the right plays, and the, and the Eagles just aren't capable of carrying them out. That's the really big dynamic we've been trying to figure out all season. Is it the coaching or is it the execution? I think it's more the coaching myself. Um, and then depending on what happens here Monday night, depending on how this game goes, if the Eagles get their doors blown off again by a not that great of a Tampa team and don't show any, any fight like they haven't shown in several weeks – then I think Seriani's job is very much on the line. The more I think about it is it's possible, very possible that I think Lurie could actually pull the trigger and fire him. And the reason why I'm kind of more inclined to think that is because of what's happened in the last couple of days with all these coaches being uh, fired or let go. I mean, you have some serious coaching talent out there now where the Eagles could bring an established guy in here. Now, it almost works against their philosophy because they always like to bring in guys that are, uh, you know, relative unknowns. This is the way Lurie's hired coaches in the past. He's not brought in any established coach ever in his entire career as an Eagles owner. So he would be going outside the box if he was to, let's just say, hire uh, a, a Mike Vrabel who was let go from Tennessee. Surprisingly, I don't understand that move at all. I think Vrabel's a great coach. And I think he'd be a great coach here in Philadelphia. Bill Belichick's out there, who, Lurie, as we know, is a longtime Patriots fan before he bought the Eagles and has always sort of looked at the Patriots as the gold standard. You wonder if he at least has a thought about bringing Belichick in here. But again, it's against the Eagles' philosophy. They don't like to have these type coaches that would want control over player personnel decisions and uh, would basically tell the front office to butt out. They don't like those type of coaches. And Vabro is probably one of those types too. Certainly Belichick is. You bring Belichick in here and it's completely hands-off or he's going to say, see you later. I'm out. So it would have to be a philosophical change for both Howie, who doesn't want to give up control. He is a power hungry GM, as we know. And Lurie, who may not, he's done it once when he gave Chip Kelly, you know, that power. And Andy Reid, of course, had it after a period of time. He gave Andy, you know, personnel um, power and decision making as well. And, uh, but then he gave it to Chip. And Chip obviously didn't have. And did some things that you know, trading McCoy, trading Deshaun Jackson, you know, doing some of those things that just were just blew up in his face and really set the organization back. Um, you know, he put he, Larry quickly restored Howie back in the GM role and and gave him all the personnel power again and and he might have even said he's never or it's been reported at least that Larry said that he's never gonna you know have a give that uh, a coach that much control again but you know what would he be willing to concede it for a guy like belichick i don't know but i think because those guys those type coaches are out there vrabel and belichick that you wonder if this thing continues to implode on monday night and the eagles are embarrassed again on national television which has happened a handful of times this year I mean, it's just for as a fan, it's been it's really sucked just to see the Eagles just get their ass kicked over and over and over again on national television, and not just that, but just playing horribly, just giving the audience that's tuning in to watch a good football game some of the worst football uh, to watch and experience. It'd be one thing if the Eagles were competitive in that game, or at least at least doing something. It was so bad, so anemic. Uh, it's and now we got to they're going to be on Monday night again, prime time, and probably going to look horrible again. So if it happens again, Lurie, one thing about Lurie is he doesn't like to be embarrassed. If there's anything that gets his attention, is a team that's playing this crappy and showing no fight and looking like they're giving up or just completely getting blown out. That we know gets the Lurie more than anything else. He doesn't like to be embarrassed. And this is why, if it happens again on Monday night, I, I could I see him letting Sirianni go a year after he, he made the Super Bowl run, which is, which is a tough decision to make because when you look at other coaches potentially wanting to come to Philadelphia, and you see that Larry has fired, which would be two coaches, Shortly after the Super Bowl, this one would be the year after. You know, he fired Doug two years removed from his Super Bowl. Uh, you got to think twice before coming to Philadelphia. You know, like, geez, these have been successful coaches. Wildly successful coaches. And they were both fired. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a good look. But I think Lurie, he's the type of owner to me, and I don't know if he really cares about that. Like, if he feels that this team is not going in the right direction, I think he will make the move. He's he's kind of always been kind of fearless that way, and he'll deal with the consequences later. Like he's, so it would not surprise me if he does something like that, as unprecedented as it would be. I don't think there's ever been a coach that was fired the season after they were in the Super Bowl. Maybe they were, I don't know. But it's a it's not a track record that is uh, would be appeal appeasing to uh, any potential coach hires. Um, now somebody like Belichick's a different story you know, He's at the end of his career He's looking for a team that's kind of He's definitely looking for a win now team Right Which might, might need a couple of quick fixes And it would be right right back to being a contender That would The Eagles would fall into that category Where that would I would think entice Belichick He's not going to go to some rebuilding team That we know about Belichick He's not at this stage of his career and his age He's not going to some rebuilding team Which puts the Eagles at play if Lurie decides to, you know, fire Sirianni. Then you got a guy like Mike Vrabel. Like I said, I think he's a, he's a guy that would probably take over a program and rebuild it. Um, But he's also a win-now coach, and I like Vrabel a coach. I've always kind of admired him from a distance. I think he's a good coach. I don't know what the hell Tennessee's doing. You know why the end came in in, in New England. You know, that team's just – You know, it's kind of like Andy Reid here, although without the Super Bowl success. Sometimes you just, it wears its course no matter how good of a coach it is. And that's how Andy was. Now, Andy wasn't near as good of a coach in Philly as Belichick was in New England, clearly. Uh, He blew a lot of the playoff games, which a lot of Eagle fans blame on McNabb, but it was Andy Reid who deserves most of the blame, number one, for not giving McNabb the talent that he needed at wide receiver until finally TO, where they went to the Super Bowl. What a shock. You know, McNabb playing his whole career in his prime years with garbage at wide receiver and still getting this team to an NFC championship every year, dealing with Andy Reid's time management issues, game clock issues, um, calling timeouts, you know, burning his timeouts early in the game every year, critical spots. But McNabb took all the heat from a lot of these Eagle fans that don't understand football and just blame the quarterback for it. I'm not saying McNabb played great, but you have to understand the coaching was bad at times. And Reed never gave McNabb any weapons. He had to do it on his own. That's how the greatness of McNabb is just overlooked. This guy carried this offense every year to the NFC Championship game. And that's when you're going to play the best of the best, and you need weapons. Anyway, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. But that's getting back to the current Eagles. Um, yeah, I could see. I could see Larry pulling the plug, especially if this team is no fight again and just gets blown out, which I think can very well happen, unfortunately. So it's another, believe it or not, which this is the this is what I'm which just kind of shocks me, right? This is a playoff game coming up. And every pregame podcast, and most podcasts, I have notes that I use to sort of guide my conversation. It just makes sense to do that, right? You don't want to be – you just want to have a sort of structure for each podcast, and so it makes sense to do that. But in the last couple of weeks, the Giants game, of course – I had no reason to take notes and kind of have, because I was like, this game's completely meaningless. Why would I, you know, I'll talk, why I really dive into the game to me, like I typically do, keys to the game and all that type of thing, when it's a meaningless game, which is the way I treat it, as you know. And this game, it's certainly not a meaningless game. It's the exact opposite of being <laughs> of meaningless. It is, it means everything, this game. But, I hit record on this podcast, and I don't have any notes in front of me. And it's not because I don't know what the keys of the game are. I mentioned both of them to you. But I don't know. I just – maybe I'm just getting better at doing a podcast without having notes. (laughs) I guess that could be possible. Being that I'm 100 and – what is it, 86 or 87 podcasts in now? Maybe that's part of it. But I typically like to have, you know, some notes to guide my discussion. But I think it's more that I just, again, definitely not a meaningless game. It's just a game that I just, I get almost, it's almost like a book where you know what the ending is. Like I just feel that I know what's going to happen. I know the Eagles are going to lose. And who knows what happens after that? Do we fire the coaches? Do we get a new head coach? You know, unfortunately, the end likely of Jason Kelsey's career as an Eagle to have him going out this way is just heartbreaking, quite honestly. Love Jason Kelsey, but why would he – that's the thing. You know, there's probably an outside chance that he's thinking about coming back in one more year, but why come back to this? Which is another reason why, you know, because he's playing at a high level, just made all pro again. It's not like – it's not his game – Play that slipping at all. He's still perhaps the best center in football. Certainly one of them. That's another thing that might be running through Lurie's mind. Like, Kelsey's not going to come back knowing that this team is just on such a downfall. But if Lurie makes a move and brings in a new coach, like a Belichick or a Vrabel, that might entice Kelsey to say, you know what? coming back maybe perhaps the same with bg although i think bg's game definitely has tailed off this year it looks like he has finally hit the the wall and and we all love bg and uh but and it's very sad for him to go out that way too you know maybe he'll come back as a fill-in guy and and take a like league minimum salary something like that or he'll go and move on to play one more year with another team But it looks like, for sure, I would say BG's last year here. And more likely Kelsey, too, for the reasons I just said. Now, the one guy that's kind of interesting would be Fletcher Cox. Because Cox has actually played very well this year, I I think. Um, He's been one of their most consistent players on that D-line. But would the Eagles bring him back? I think it comes down to, again, salary. I mean, Fletcher would have to be willing to take a substantial pay cut to come back. I don't know if he's willing to do that based on the fact that he's still playing pretty good pretty good ball. You know, he may very well make a choice to go on another team that's got, you know, more of a uh uh more of a shot at the Super Bowl next year and get another get another ring. Which I couldn't blame him for that, honestly, if he decides to do that. But that's the thing. They're not gonna pay him his current salary. He'll have to take a substantial pay cut if he wants to stay here. And he may not be at the stage of his career to do that, especially with what is probably coming here with this team, and that's substantial changes. So he's the guy that also probably likely has played his last game as an Eagle or will be playing his last Eagle as game as an Eagle on Monday night or if they're able to win the following week. So those are the things that really just make this season so much more unfortunate and sad the way that it turned out. Because you have these all-time Eagles that more than likely would not be back. And going out this way. Not going out with a Super Bowl loss or a deep run into the playoffs. No, they're going out with losing five of the last six games. and If they lose Monday night, six of the last seven games. And most of the time in embarrassing fashion. That hurts that sucks but that's kind of where it, it looks like it's heading you know geez Jeff can't you be a little more optimistic can I listen to this podcast in recent months and come away with it feeling some juice and some energy and some optimism and
1: being happy
0: I believe me I I want to I, I, I love to be having a different tone And all this, but like I said, and and what is the missive of this podcast is you are going to get real thoughts from a real fan. Uh, I don't work for the Eagles. I'm not going to have my pom poms out if I'm not feeling that way just to make things sound good and give false hope. I don't have green goggles on. I don't drink green Kool-Aid. At least I try not to. Sometimes I do. The Carol the Cardinals game, I, I was drinking some Kool Aid <laughs> before that game when I predicted the Eagles would have their first sort of lopsided win of the season. Well, that, that did not happen. They Didn't even win. So believe me, I'm I'd much rather be, you know, have a full bottle of juice in my in my body and be all jacked up for this game. And and you heard that last year. Those of you who've been with, with me a long time, if not go back to the go back to some of the uh playoff podcasts from last season. And you'll see what a jacked up Jeff sounds like. But I can't I can't give you that. What can I say? You know, you're going to get you're going to get it real for me. And uh, and that's just that's that's what I built this podcast on. You know, this is a Eagles fans die hard over 40 years, Eagles fans perspective. And that's why you come back. And I thank you for coming back, you know. Remember uh, that you can email the show. Since I can't take calls, this is a great way to at least communicate with me and let me know what your thoughts are uh, at uh, petwgp at gmail.com. That is the email address for the show. Again, petwgp at gmail.com. All right, well, what I always do in a pregame, as you know, is go over the injury list, and you guys know how much I really hate going over this injury list, because this is an injury list that could have been prevented had they listened to Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff, or had Jeff been the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I would not have played their starters, and we'd have a full – we'd have all our starters healthy for this game. But as we know, the Eagles decided to go a different route. So the injury report, the latest we have, Reed Blankenship has not practiced all week. He's got a groin, and he, I don't think he's been ruled out officially yet, but chances are he's not playing. A.J. Brown has not practiced all week with his knee. Knee injured on the turf of MetLife Field. And he was ruled out this morning, so no A.J. Brown for those of you um, you know, just tuning in. Sidney Brown, as we know. Not only do we lose him for the rest of this season, we lose him for most of next season. tours ACL last week's game. He's out. Britton Covey has a groin issue. He's practiced in limited uh, practicing this week. Uh, Got to hope we get him because, I mean, he might be our only chance offensively to score in this freaking game. Not that he's run anything back yet, but he's due, and he's had some pretty good run backs lately. But at least field position-wise, we need him. Jalen Hurts, as we know, injured last week. Limited in practice all week. Full practice yesterday for the first time. Um, But he's playing on a bad finger, and who knows if that's going to get progressively worse as the game goes on, which is why I think the Eagles need to hand the ball off. Darius Slay who's been out for the last, I think he's missed three games. Uh, He has been full practice all week, and he is uh, going to be playing. So we get Slay back. It's one positive. Those of you who want positive energy out there. Devontae Smith, who also uh, missed last week, um, injured late in the Cardinals game with a bad ankle. Uh, he's been full practice all week, and he is back, so at least we have one of our two guys at wide receiver. And DeAndre Swift has been battling an illness; his practice in full all week, so he missed last week as well. Uh, so that's the Eagles rundown. For the Buccaneers, KJ Britt, their linebacker, has had a calf injury. He has not practiced all week until yesterday in limited practice. I don't know what he is. You know, is he a backup linebacker? Is he a starter? Either way, it's possible. It looks like he might not play. Uh, where he might play, its, it's status is undetermined right now. Mike Green, the defensive tackle, has got a calf injury also. He's been practicing a fall all week, so I would imagine he's going to go. Josh Hayes, defensive back, uh, limited practice this week, uh, quad knee injury. Uh, again, I don't know if he's a starter or a backup, but uh, that's his status. Um, not knowing if he's going to be able to play or not. Baker Mayfield, ankle and rib injuries. He did not practice until just yesterday where he had limited practice. He's banged up guys. And this is another chance for those of you who want to be glass half full for this game, you know, their quarterbacks and, you know, in rough shape. Also, uh, Tristan Wirfs, their, uh, talented offensive tackle has been sick. Uh, he didn't practice most of the week, but did practice limited yesterday. I would imagine he's going to play Chris Godwin, uh, their other talented wide receiver, me and rest. And he didn't practice, uh, so, But I would expect him to, to play as well. So that's the latest on the injury front. The big news, again, no A.J. Brown for Monday night's game. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. I wish I had better news. I wish I was more optimistic, believe me. I hope I'm wrong about this game. Um, uh, here's my prediction. I think the Eagles lose Twenty-seven to thirteen. Twenty-seven, thirteen. Eagles lose. Um, hope I'm wrong. I love the more nothing more than the this podcast celebrating an Eagles victory, and I really hope that is ultimately what happens here. Um, the only game I. Picked in the last like five weeks when I picked the Eagles to win was the Cardinals game when they got, when they couldn't stop them the entire game. (laughs) So most of these weeks I've been picking Eagles to lose. And unfortunately, I've been right. Um, but if there's one game I want to be wrong about is this one because it's the playoffs now, folks. I mean, it's do or die, it's uh, survive in advance, it's all those analogies. Um, so you know, we'll try to we'll try to I'm just trying my what my goal is between now and game time kickoff is I just want to find it somewhere in my in my being to actually get excited or somewhere. I don't know if I'll ever get like super excited for the game as I normally would, but to just have some kind of like juice even if it's a little bit for this game. Again, it's like I feel like I'm just like, you know, have a ticket to go watch a car crash. That's how I feel. And I wish that wasn't the case. Either way, folks, listen, we'll be back on the on the postgame podcast. Make sure you come back for that one way or the other. Either you can uh, be pointing at your radio and saying, hey, Jeff, I told you they were going to win. I told you they'd pull this thing out. Or you'll be like, let's listen to Jeff and uh, just get his thoughts on the game as, as, as I normally do. Listen, we bleed green. We fly with our Eagles. I'm not saying I'm not rooting for them 100%, as I always am. Let's see if they can pull this thing off, folks. Until then, we'll see you back here Monday night after the Eagles-Bucks game. And uh, we'll certainly be here to talk about it. Whatever happens will happen. But we'll be here, and we hope you are too. Take care.